Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome into Nineteen AM Superstation. You are on Car Radio with Henry Payne. I am auto columnist for the Detroit News, and great to have you on the program today for the next couple hours. Best car radio program in all of Michigan, and I am live today from Virginia, Virginia International Speedway uh, Raceway. I should say this is uh, our first race event uh, this year. I race uh, in the Sports 2000 class in SCCA spec racing, and we have our first event down here uh, of 2023 uh, racing my Lola 90. Uh, along with my two sons, we have a, a little race team here, enjoy getting together, racing cars uh, all over the country, and a little wet down here in uh, Virginia today, as, as it sometimes is in the springtime, uh, but we're getting hoping to get uh, some nice sunny weather this afternoon. Get out on track and uh, put in some good laps. We got a great uh, program today. Uh, we'll continue on that racing theme. I'll be talking with Mark Combs, uh, fellow Sports 2000 racer, also races Alola here. Mark and I have been racing uh, together for a long time. Uh, he's down here uh, racing from Chicago. We'll be talking to Doug Feehan who is the uh, former Corvette Racing Director, now Corvette Brand Ambassador. And we're going to take a catch up with Doug after uh, a wild Sebring weekend uh, a couple weeks ago in which uh, uh, Corvette uh, did very well in the WEC World Endurance Challenge race and then uh, had tragedy strike in the 12-hour of Sebring, back-to-back uh, world-class endurance races and uh Always good to catch up with Doug. And then we'll also be talking uh, a little racing the second hour uh, with uh, Jörg Bergmeister and Patrick Long, a great Porsche racing team uh, who've uh, been very successful in Porsche GT racing. So uh, uh, lots of good racing stuff. And we'll sprinkle in a little industry uh, news as well. We've got the New York Auto Show coming up next week, and we'll be uh, checking in with Mark Scheinberg, who is the uh, uh, president of that show, uh, president of the Greater New York Automobile Dealers Association, about what's coming up in New York. So lots to get to here, as always. Uh, give us a call at 313-778-7600 if you want to join the conversation. And, of course, you can uh, also find us on 10 a.m. Facebook, on iHeartRadio. And next week, if you missed the program today or part of the program today and want to catch up with everything you can find us on podcast uh, next week on your favorite podcast channel, Spotify, Google, Apple, uh, Detroit News. Lots of ways to get your car radio fixed. So let's uh, dive in here. Uh, we got Mark Combs on the line, fellow Sports 2000 racer. Mark, how are you? 
I'm great. How are you doing today? Yeah, Mark is uh, right here in the rainy. <laughs> yeah, a little rainy. Mark and I are both in the paddock here at Virginia International Raceway, one of the great racetracks in the United States. And uh, we're both kind of looking at the sky here, hoping the clouds part. Uh, it's, uh, racing's a lot more fun here at this big three-mile track when it's uh, uh, dry out than uh, when it's when it's raining. Mark, um, what do you think about rain racing? Do you do you, uh, do you like to rain in the ra- race in the rain, or you uh, kind of prefer uh, prefer the dry like I do? <laughs> yeah, I prefer dry and hot is okay, but uh, racing in the rain that's a whole other thing. You've got to have a different line through all the corners. Um, you know, if you have rain tires, of course that's important, but uh, you know it takes a lot of skill. And uh, it's something I kind of avoid, actually. Yeah, I, I, the way I see it, particularly amateur racers like us, I mean, there are no no points to be won if you go out in the uh, rain. And but there, there's a lot of damage to be done if somebody else collects you, or if uh, God forbid you get off on the grass, which is just like ice in the rain. So uh, uh, amateur racers, we don't. Uh, we don't race a lot in the rain. I will say, though, Mark, I, I was fascinated uh, end of last year, uh, SCCA held their nationals here. And I watched some of that. The whole weekend was in the, in the rain. It tends to rain quite a bit here in Virginia in the fall. And the entire weekend at SCCA was blanketed by rain. And, uh, and, and, and at that level, where you have uh, not only uh, amateurs racing, uh, of course, for a national title, but you've also got a lot of young kids who are coming up in classes like Formula Continental. Rain is something that could really make a career. You know, if, uh, if you've got a scout uh, who's down here, say, for the SCCA Nationals, and you're racing Formula Continental, and you beat everybody, uh, that's a real tell at your driving skill, isn't it? It sure is. And, you know, it wasn't a – but uh, well, a few years ago, you would go to Europe and race in England the U.K. in Formula Fords, like Senna and some of the real Formula One, you know, legends. And part of that, uh, earning your stripes, was racing in the rain, obviously, in Europe. But um, quite a skill. Um, I would say, right, Henry? Yeah, the uh, uh, yeah, just uh, having a feel for the car in the rain is uh, is a whole nother level, and 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 it really equalizes cars. I mean, uh, you know, in Formula One uh, these days, there's big disparity in uh, cars in terms of power and grip. But you go out there in the in the rain in a gripless surface, and it really becomes a a, a driver's uh, race. So yeah, it's always always fascinating to watch uh, racing in the rain. But uh, for amateurs like Mark and I, we're kind of cooling our heels down here at VIR, waiting for the sun to come out and make for better race condition uh, race conditions. And I I, I know uh, Mark, uh, you've been kind of passing the time uh, here in the pits, uh, watching a little uh, Australia uh, Formula One. The Australia boys are on the other side of the world uh, this weekend, also racing. What what uh, what do you have to report there? Who looks good in Australia? Well, yeah, Australia. It's a, so they're racing. Um, you know, it's a street race through the park, and um, so you have less runoff room. But of course, Red Bull 
Max Verstappen, you know, just looks kind of unbeatable to start the season and even today. Um, not to ruin a, you know, ruin if anyone's waiting to watch it recorded, of course, but uh, his teammate Perez had some problems, was off course four times, uh, had a braking issue, and ended up um, in the sand barrier. The car's okay, but he's going to start last. So tomorrow will be very interesting to see. He won the Formula One race, uh, Perez did last uh, the last race in uh, Saudi Arabia. So he, he may come through the crowd, right? So it'll be interesting to see. And then Alonzo, my favorite, the old guy. So Aston Martin, um, you know, comes up to fourth place and could challenge in, in race conditions, you know, for a podium. So pretty excited about the race tomorrow. Yeah, it's pretty pretty fantastic to see uh, Alonzo. I think he's age 42 now, uh, still competing at that level. That's a that's a great uh, story for the sport, you know. And it's it's interesting, Mark. Uh, you know, when I when I came up uh, racing, uh, I, I raced as a as a kid. Was really into racing. Uh, my father was a racer, but uh, it seems like uh, racing is much more accessible today. Uh, to the average uh, fan because of a series like Netflix that has made Formula One very popular in this country. How, how did you uh, latch on to racing? Did you have uh, racers in your family, or what, what got you attracted to this sport? Yeah, so, yeah, and accessibility, you know, um, racing. so a lot of people are doing that. I know, you know, some of our competitors um, are very interested in that, so that's more of a gaming thing, but really brings people in. But so when I grew up, I grew up in Utah, and we were motocross guys, so we liked uh, uh, motorcycles and dirt. So we were always, you know, going out every weekend before the sun would come up, and we'd put gas into them until the sun went down, and that was kind of our fun, right? So. But I, I didn't uh, cross over to cars until uh, later in uh, in life and started with go karts. So go karts are a lot of lot of fun. And then of course you know Skip Barber Racing School kind of gets you into what we do right now, right, Henry? And that's just a ton of fun. Yeah, there's a lot a lot of uh, a lot of access to the sport. That's fascinating. I didn't realize you. Uh, got into this by way of the of, of the uh, motocross world. I was uh, a supercross just came into Detroit a couple weeks ago. We were talking to uh, some of the supercross uh, uh, riders and and uh, uh, sponsors down there, and that's that's a whole different world. Do you, do you still follow that? You still follow supercross and motocross? I follow it a little bit. Um, I like MotoGP because it's more like Formula One, but yeah, the um, Boy, the Supercross guys are really amazing athletes, and the the motorcycles themselves so much suspension. So you have like a foot of suspension front and back. And you know, in the old school days, there wasn't much shocks on a motocross bike. But and you know, in these days with the tricks they can do, you know, three sixties and up and down. You know, it's just they're really amazing athletes. I'd say, Henry. Yeah, no, it is. 
They are impressive athletes, as you say. And uh, we were talking to – I was down, down there at Ford Field watching these guys race. Yeah, very different physically from what we do in uh, race cars. We're, we're, we're in a very high G uh, situation, and the, the bikers are much more physical, uh, muscling these uh, bikes uh, over uh, over moguls and over jumps. There was a, I spoke to a fellow down there named Troy Lee, who's uh, not only a, a legendary rider, but also uh, is a huge, I, I think, uh, 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 design guy. Troy Lee designs, dresses a lot of these races. You ever heard of him? You ever uh, ever heard of Troy Lee? Oh, for sure. And matter of fact, um, a lot of his helmets are, are the coolest painted helmets that you've ever seen. So, uh, a lot of the IndyCar guys uh, have Troy Lee helmets, Troy Lee helmets, and um, boy, that'd be something special if you had one. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting crossover, right? Yeah, I saw his helmets everywhere down there in Supercross. I didn't realize he was doing uh, road racing as well. Well, Mark, uh, uh, good luck this afternoon. Uh, uh, let's uh, keep our finger, fingers crossed that the clouds left, and great having you on the program. Thanks a lot, Henry. Yep, bye-bye. All right, we're going to take a break here, hear from our sponsors, and on the other side, we're going to catch up with Doug Feehan, brand ambassador with Corvette. You're on Car Radio, 9:10 a.m. Coming April 27th in the Music Hall for one night only, backed by popular demand, it's Mesa. It's Mesa Live, also starring jazz legend Gerald Albright with special guest Andre Ward. Hosted by award-winning actor Hill Harper. Tickets on sale now. Available at the Music Hall box office or online at Ticketmaster.com. Did you know most vitamin supplements don't even come from food? Even the products with colorful fruits and vegetables adorning the labels are seldom derived from produce. Typically, supplements are synthetic, made in a laboratory. Modern science may synthetically imitate these chemicals, but your body isn't fooled. It knows the difference, and it craves quality materials to build, repair, and fight illness. You need to consume fruits and vegetables daily in a variety of colors, as well as whole grains and other fresh food. That's why I formulated Balance of Nature. I wanted to be able to give my patients a natural alternative to the cheap, unnatural chemistry by giving them real fruits and vegetables. In fact, the only ingredients inside of Balance of Nature are whole fruits and vegetables. Don't settle for imitation nutrition. Reach for the good stuff, the real stuff. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com. Get 35% off your first preferred order by using discount code RADIO5. Do you have an idea for an invention or new product? Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Then call InventHelp now. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential and explains every step of the invention process. We create professional materials representing your idea and submit it to companies who are looking for new ideas. We have more than 9,000 companies who have agreed to review ideas in confidence. If a company shows interest in manufacturing your invention, we can negotiate on your behalf. We have helped over 10,000 clients receive 
patents. We also offer services including 3D modeling and animation demonstrating your idea, prototyping services, and we use state-of-the-art technology to show InventHelp client ideas to additional companies. Join the thousands of people just like you who chose InventHelp to pursue their idea. We are experienced. We are working for you. We are InventHelp. Call us for free information at 1-800-460-1663. That's 1-800-460-1663. Again, 1-800-460-1663. My38 is offering a great special that cannot be refused. Are you looking for a great deal on TV advertising? Are you searching for an avenue to get your business name out to the public? With My38, we are offering a great special with 100 commercial ads for a great price. This offers for a 30-day ad placement. Please contact Devin C. for more information at 248-357-4566 or email at d.calhoun at thewordnetwork.org. This excludes political ads. Welcome back into 19 a.m. of Superstation. You're on Car Radio. I'm Henry Payne, live from Virginia International Raceway on a very wet Virginia day uh, down here to kick off our uh, racing season. And we are joined by Doug Feehan, who is the former race director for Corvette, now Corvette brand ambassador. And uh, Doug knows a little bit about racing uh, around Virginia International Raceway. Doug, how are you? Terrific, Henry. How about yourself? It's a little rainy here in the Motor City as well. Yeah, too much uh, rain, and uh, we we sprint racer guys. Uh, you know, we kind of tend to wait out these rainy spells, and and uh, we keep our eye on the radar and hope that uh, there's sunshine coming soon. But uh, in the endurance racing that you guys do with Corvette, you don't have any choice. I mean, you got to be ready uh, at the drop of a hat for a for a, a rainstorm or any other kind of weather that's coming at you. When you were uh, racing um, with Corvette, how, how much how much did weather play into your strategy? Well, interestingly enough, our very first Le Mans victory was done uh, in a race that was virtually rain-filled for the full 24 hours. So um, that taught us a very valuable lesson in uh, in looking not only at the strategic planning, you know, radar, spotters, that sort of thing, but also in the development of the vehicle itself. I mean, things like weatherproofing and leak-proofing the windshield. I mean, something you wouldn't even think about in a race car. But uh, racing in the rain, I mean, it's a hundred different things you have to look at from a mechanical perspective uh, in order to have a vehicle that can successfully compete during inclement weather. Yeah, that's fascinating. And did, did you find, you know, we, we always say in, in racing that, that rain is the great equalizer. You know, if you've got two uh, mismatched cars, you put them out there in the rain, and all of a sudden uh, the cars are much closer and it becomes much more of a driver's sport. Did you, did you find that in endurance racing as well? 
I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, the driver, not that drivers aren't important, don't get me wrong, but but drivers have different skill sets. They have some are better in the heat than they are in the cold. Uh, clearly, some are better in the wet than they are in the dry. Uh, the reality is that you know if if I, if one vehicle were to have a horsepower advantage over another, that's pretty much negated negated by by uh, you know rainy conditions, and so the the, the cars inherent set up for wet weather, which, by the way, we do have a separate setup for wet weather racing, uh, can play a huge role. It, it is a great equalizer. It, it takes cars that may not be really all that competitive and, and can make them extremely competitive depending on uh, the driver's skill level and then the uh, the research that's been done in, in getting the car set up for wet. Yeah, and you you are known as a, as a master strategist uh, in endurance uh, racing and uh, yeah, it must have been uh, uh, fascinating uh, for you guys. Uh, you know, anticipating rain, as you say, setting the car up. You know, in the the, the sprint racers that I'm running, I'm running uh, uh, SCCA uh, class uh, little Lola sports racers. They're basically Formula Fords with fenders on them. We we disconnect the rear sway bar. Um, you know, we put on re- uh, wet tires. For, uh, you know, that's pretty much it. In a modern GT car like a Corvette, uh, does the driver have a lot more uh, that he can adjust in the cockpit electronically? How do you guys set up a modern race car for the ring? The rules don't allow us to have adjustable cockpit adjustable suspensions. Right? So, not unlike what you do in your in your sports two car, right? We do that same thing. If we know that there's going to be rain, we we softer settings is the way you go. I mean, that's just that's just. The, the the physics of it. Um, so we will set the car up with different spring rates. Uh, we'll set the car up with different uh, sway bar settings, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, braking plays a huge role as well. You know, in the, in the past, the uh, the class in which we ran uh, didn't allow uh, ABS for the for the Pro Series, and uh, the rules now in the in the GTD category in which we race here in America, uh, ABS is is required, uh, so that certainly plays a huge role. But we never we never had that as a tool before. We do have it now. On a dry track, drivers our drivers don't like ABS at all. Uh, you, you lose the touch and the feel for the braking. Uh, but in the wet, uh, it it is a huge advantage. Now over in Europe, in running in WC, uh, the rules uh, there for this year anyway uh, still don't allow ABS. So we're running uh, running our standard car over there. Uh, and that that brings again that brings the driver more into play because braking is is uh, in racing braking is pretty essential. In wet weather, it's it's really a, a, a different skill set, and uh, some guys really adapt well to it. Others don't. Yeah, that's uh, that's fascinating, and uh, yeah, it's a nice segue into uh, uh, our discussion about Sebring. Uh, really fascinating weekend. Uh, down there in Sebring a couple of uh, weeks ago because you guys went there to race not only uh, IMSA in your traditional 12-hour Sebring spot, but also racing the day before in a World Endurance Championship, the WC International uh, uh, Series. And so so it, it's the same car, but obviously different, as you just described. How, how, how big a difference is it uh, to set those two cars up back-to-back Friday, Saturday, uh, for two different race series. Well, the, the cars 
began life as identical cars. In in Europe, they were GT Le Mans cars, uh, and they don't have ABS on them. That's unchanged for this year in WEC. Okay, so we have a huge history and and written about those cars and, and know what to do as far as setup goes and that sort of thing. But in the U.S., unfortunately, we're the only ones that don't have a GT3 car, and that's what IMSA rules require for this year. Now, IMSA has given us uh, the opportunity to race our car with modifications made to it to bring it to GT3 level specifications. Right? So we added ABS. You know, the weight changes a little bit. The performance level, the air restrictors are different, but essentially, it's 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 the same car. Uh, we were we were, and they run. I should mention this: that WC runs a different balance of performance uh, program than we do here in the U.S. with IMSA. Uh, in that WC situation, we were able to actually win that race. That was a, a ten-hour race. Um, and we were poised. We had a great. We weren't the fastest car in IMSA, although the cars were very closely grouped. We had a great fuel strategy set up for the end of that race, the 12-hour race. Uh, unfortunately, at the at the front with the uh, prototype cars, it was a NASCAR-style finish with bumping and banging and wrecking and yellows, and uh, it pretty much took our took our opportunity, sent it out the window to to to. to to double up and, and win both of those events, but but they were both good close races, and and I think uh, the fans really, you know, at Sebring you get two events like that in the same weekend. The fans are really treated to a ton of unbelievable racing. Yeah, what a, yeah, what a treat yeah, as a fan. I mean, to, to see uh, these world class cars go back to back, and to see for you know to see uh, makes like Ferrari uh, back in the prototype. Uh, uh, racing for the first time in a, in a long time uh, on on Friday, and then then uh, Saturday you switch back over to the uh, twelve hour, and uh, and you know and see the uh, the, the Porsche, uh, which actually raced in both races. Uh, yeah, you, you really get a sense of how the world is coming together. That must be really exciting for you. I, I know you've been a big advocate for bringing the world together in these rules, and so it must be. Really exciting for you to see these two organizations back to back at Sebring like that. Well, early on, I sat on the uh, FIA uh, Sporting Working Group, and and it, it just this was going back to probably I don't know what that can be about two thousand maybe, um, and it, it just it just seemed it just seemed to me to make sense. Uh, to operate off one global set of rules. There's no reason to have it so segmented. Now, this is coming from a position of naivete, having just joined uh, the FIA, but but nonetheless, it was a, a new perspective and one that was initially just kind of, you know, frowned upon. Uh, Europe wanted to just keep their own uh, method of, of racing, and understandably, but but years of urging, and, and then obviously the efforts of Don Panos uh, creating the Petit Le Mans event, you know, began to, the process of bringing the two organizations closer together, and, 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 and we've reached that goal. I mean, right now, in, in prototype racing and in GT racing, we'll be using vehicles that have a common uh, set of guidelines and 
in which to build them, in which to race them. You may have different BOP setups, but you'll still have the same vehicle. You'll be able to race a vehicle here in the U.S., ship it overseas, and race it over there. Uh, we've come a long, long way in the past uh, 23 years, and, and, and I couldn't be more proud of the role that we've played at Corvette in helping to bring all that together. Yeah, it's, it's really exciting. As, yeah, as you say, this is a bit of a bridge year uh, for you guys from going from the uh, the, the, the GT uh, uh, LM car to uh, this, this Universal GT3 uh, regulation. So uh, next year will be an all-new uh, Corvette coming into this kind of racing. It's it's a uh, it's a golden era, second golden era of racing. Uh, Doug, hang in there. We're going to uh, hear from our sponsors a bit, and on the other side. We're going to keep talking Corvette racing with Doug Feehan. You're on Car Radio, 9, 10 a.m. Balance of nature is fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. I had no energy. For months and months and months, I had no energy, and I'm a very active person. And my husband was noticing that I was tired all the time, and I was slow at everything that I was doing. And I kept listening to the commercials, and, you know, you don't know if something's going to help you or not, but I decided this was something I was going to do. And lo and behold, in about four days after taking them, I was repotting plants. I was doing other things. My husband said to me, you seem to have more energy. And I said, oh, yeah, I'm fine. And I'm telling you, nothing has ever made such a difference. So anyway, I'm very happy. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code RADIO5. The all-new 910 Superstation is your number one source for urban talk radio. If you're looking for the best in radio programming, look no further. You can now listen in on a multitude of audio platforms. We're on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Buzzsprout, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Listen Notes, and coming soon to Amazon Music, Good Pods, and Overcast. 910 AM Superstation, the largest, strongest, 50,000-watt urban radio station in town. Attention. Do you owe back taxes, fines, and penalties to the IRS? The IRS now offers new relief options for taxpayers affected by COVID-19, but you can't go it alone. Call Tax Solutions now. Our team of former IRS agents and tax professionals can get you the best deal. We know the COVID-19 rules. Call us and never speak to the IRS again. I couldn't sleep. We were being audited. I called Tax Solutions now and a great big weight was lifted off my shoulders. I called Tax Solutions now and they got the IRS off my back. Tax Solutions now had my wage garnishment lifted in 48 hours. The virus has caused the IRS to take extensive action to help taxpayers. So if you owe $10,000 or more, this is the best time in years to settle your tax debt. I qualified for the Fresh Start program. I paid less than I owed. Remember, the IRS will not give up until you pay. Call 800-683-9499. AM Superstation has the greatest advertising deal ever with our Godfather package. 100 spots for $600 with a must-air-within-30-day policy, and we will even produce the spots free. That's right, free. Call Devin C. now at 248-357-4566. That's 248 248- 
357-4566 or email at d.calhoun at thewordnetwork.org. This excludes political ads. If great programming and pure excitement is what you want, 910 AM is what you need. I'm Henry Payne. You are on car radio. We're joined by Rob Warner, one of the best auto journalists out. Fundamentally, we're just trying to get to the limit of the tire. You're just looking for that limit, and you just see your best to find it. I'm racing for 2000. Joined by Tom Kane of Quick Car. Two of the best things in the park. Best car radio show in all of Michigan. we got a great show for you today. On 910 AM Superstation. Welcome back into Car Radio. We are broadcasting live today from Virginia International Raceway, and we are talking with Doug Feehan, who is uh, Corvette brand ambassador. And, Doug, uh, I, I wanted to take folks a little deeper inside uh, that uh, very competitive final half hour at Sebring. A couple, couple weeks ago was uh, – you said before the break it, it ended in tragedy for a number of uh, teams, but it, it made for tremendous uh, television uh, entertainment. Um, uh, talk about that, the, the mix that brought uh, this group of cars together in turn uh, two, I believe. You've got uh, the, the, the ultimately uh, five cars were taken out in this incident, but you had uh, Philippe Albuquerque uh, and Matthew Jaminet in a, respectively, in a uh, Acura and a, uh, a Porsche fighting for the lead. They come up on a couple back markers. One of them was a Corvette piloted by Antonio Garcia. The other was a Ferrari, I believe, piloted by uh, Daniel Serra. Just talk about what, what, uh, what, happens, uh, what happens in that kind of situation. Well, you know, you have to understand the dynamics of racing. Now, you've been out there for, you know, 11 hours and 30 minutes uh, battling back and forth, and, 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 and I think it speaks to the level of competition when, when after that period of time you have so many cars grouped together battling for the lead. And, and there's a, you know, significant speed differential between the categories, between the GT cars and the prototypes. They, they handle the track differently. They accelerate differently. They, they brake differently. They corner at different speeds. So there's in some places where the GT cars are actually superior to the prototypes, and in most of the cases, the prototypes are superior to GTs. So it's a perfect it's a perfect setup, the perfect recipe for occurring what occurs, and that's, you know, you got two or three cars heading for the same spot, and and no one willing to to, to give up their position. Uh, the, the groove on that racetrack is in, in turns one and turns two. Um, although it looks wide on paper, uh, the speeds at which you're traveling, there's there's usually only one way to to make it through there, and that was demonstrated pretty clearly. Uh, it, it there wasn't a lack of respect. From what from what I saw, it was just simply just the slightest. When you look at it and, and, and look at at the replays on it, it was just the slightest touch of two vehicles coming together that that, that caused the havoc, that caused the mayhem. You know, you just 
at that speed, just you can almost reach out and pick a car and, and have it move out of control. They run at such a, a traction limit there. And that, and that's what occurred. I mean, there was I don't think there was any animus. I don't think there was any intent. Uh, it was just a racing incident. And, uh, you know, it, it changed the outcome of the event for both the prototypes and the GT category. But that's, that's what endurance racing does. I mean, you have, to, you have to be on it. If it's a 12-hour race, 11 hours and 59 minutes isn't going to get it done. You've got to, be, you got to have your wits about you for all, all 12 hours. Yeah, I mean, that is the, what's exciting about the, the racing at this point. The cars are so durable. They're so strong. And uh, BOP has made uh, balance of performance has made these cars so close together in performance that uh, yeah, it really is. It's like a tw- it's like a twelve hour sprint race down there at Sebring. And it was interesting, uh, Albuquerque who caused the incident essentially trying to pass uh, the Acura, trying to pass the Porsche uh, for the lead. Uh, <laughs> at the same time, they were also passing these two back markers, the uh, Corvette. And the Ferrari, who were also racing in position for the GT class, but he said, "Yeah, I would have done it. I would have done the same thing again." I mean, the margins have just gotten that close, haven't they? Yeah, they, they are. And like I said, there wasn't any intent there. Like, oh, geez, I have to take this guy out. Uh, you know, I owe him. Uh, it was it was simply good, hard, close racing. And and you know, my guys know. I told them since day one. Racing is 25% great car, 25% great team, and 50% good fortune. I don't care how good a car you have. I don't care how good your drivers are. I don't care how good the team is. If, if during that event you don't have some level of good fortune, you are not going to win. It's just that simple. And there was a perfect yeah. example uh, right there where you had you know, a group of cars that had great car, great teams, great drivers, and just didn't have good fortune. Yeah, and the good fortune uh, fell on Cadillac racing. Uh, uh, Jack Aitken, who had kind of fallen off the pace, all of a sudden uh, the top three cars are out, two Porsches and an Acura, and, and that opened the door for Cadillac racing that came through and won uh, overall in events. So exciting stuff. Uh, a shame to see uh, Corvette get taken out in that incident, but they won the WEC race uh, the day before. Hey, uh, Doug, before we go, uh, speaking of good fortune, I think you had some pretty good fortune here at Virginia uh, International Raceway where we're broadcasting from today. You got good memories of this place? I do. Connie and her group down there run an amazing facility. Uh, It's not the easiest racetrack to get to, (laughs) but once you are there, just a beautiful pastoral setting, great surface, great track design. Uh, They love to accommodate the racers down there. She has has put together a wonderful group of people, Uh, and and we've enjoyed enjoyed some success down there. Uh, We wrapped up a championship there. Uh, There are many, many, many fond memories of that place. Now, I can tell you this, I think think we raced in the rain there once, uh, and it was uh, it was a handful. You've got to be and and uh, uh, did you bring rain tires? Are you going to race today in the rain? Yeah, we're 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 going the the rain. Yeah, we we don't have enough room in our truck for race tires. All we could pack in there was two sets of slicks. So we're just keeping our fingers crossed that the rain stops. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna second that. I'm gonna keep my fingers crossed for you because uh, VIR is uh, not that it's not a challenging racetrack in the dry, but it presents a whole set of new challenges in the wet. Um, it'd be very interesting for those that are going to be today that are obviously going to be racing in the rain. But I hope it dries out for you because it's a fun place to go. I love it down there. Yeah, sure is. Yeah, high-speed, uh, very three-dimensional track. We love it down here. Uh, Doug, uh, love love, uh, love you, love uh, having you on the program as well. Great to uh, hear from you and, and wish you a great weekend. Henry, I, 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 I appreciate that. You, you know I love doing this with you. Uh, anything we can do to take racing forward, uh, it's, it's, we're enjoying some of the greatest times in, in GT racing history right now with an increased manufacturer involvement. And obviously you being a, a racer yourself and, and a love of racing is what makes your show so great. And uh, I, I hope the fans out there appreciate everything you do every week to, to, bring, them, uh, to bring them all the programming that you do. Yeah, I'm into that. Thanks, Doug. You bet, buddy. Good luck. All right, thanks. All right, from uh, racing to the auto show floor, our next guest is Mark Scheinberg, who is president of the Greater New York Automo Dealers Association, and uh, New York is next on the calendar on the uh, auto show circuit. Uh, I'm very excited after uh, racing here this weekend at VIR. I'm going to be headed north to New York uh, for the New York Auto Show. Uh, we're joined by Mark. Mark Scheinberg, how are you? All right. It's good speaking to you again. Yeah, great to have you on the program and uh, looking forward to seeing you next week. we got media week next week up there at New York, followed by a uh, full week of uh, public show. Uh, so we'll be doing, uh, uh, doing our uh, media previews up there. Give us a preview. What are we going to be seeing this year? Well, there's uh, a lot of stuff. First of all, it's really great to be back uh, on the uh, show circuit. I mean, obviously, shows were t took a hiatus during the pandemic, and last year was the first uh, year back in 123-year-old uh, auto show history. So it's um, it's really uh, exciting to, to be back on the circuit, and uh, we're getting a lot of great feedback on it. Our, we've expanded uh, quite a number of different things uh, on in the show this year. Uh, we've even grown our indoor test track for electric vehicles. As you may know, last year we had five separate ride-and-drive tracks. Uh, some of them uh, were dedicated to certain manufacturers, Hyundai and Ford, Toyota and, uh, and Jeep. Uh, the Camp Jeep even had some electric vehicles. And then we had the multi-brand uh, uh, track, and we had a, a total of about 80,000 people that experienced uh, an electric uh, ride and drive during the show. And J.D. Power did a, a really great uh, look at how these kind of ride and drives really do help consumers make a decision on buying a vehicle. This year, uh, we're hoping for over 100,000 uh, people to do a test drive. So. Uh, it really helps people understand where the technology is going and where the future is going to be, and uh, I think uh, that's an exciting part of, of the auto show. Yeah, it, it really is cool, and uh, it, it, this is uh, uh, if you're familiar with Javits Center on the west side of uh, Manhattan Island, uh, not only a tremendous 
uh, facility uh, right in the shadow of, an, of, a, of a lot of development going on uh, on the west side of uh, New York these days. But uh, also uh, just cool to, to, to go uh, in the, in the uh, sub-level of uh, Javits and a huge space where you can get into multiple cars. And I, and I encourage people that, to, these days to do it because the inside of cars has changed so much. Uh, in recent years, uh, with uh, with the electronics, it's uh, it's a great way to catch up on just what's going on. Uh, Mark, uh, if you could hold on uh, uh, with us here, we're going to take a break here from our sponsors, and on the other side, we're going to be talking more New York Auto Show with Mark Scheinberg. You're on Car Radio 910 AM. WADL gets a facelift and is now My 38 Detroit. Along with a facelift comes new programming on Mondays at 8 p.m. Catch a two-hour block of Law & Order SVU. Tuesday, Chicago Fire. Wednesday's Dateline. More Dateline and Chicago PD on Thursdays and on Fridays. You'll get more Chicago PD to start your weekend. We'll still have some of your favorite shows like Mom, Blackish, and Friends. Just adding more for you to enjoy on My 38. The Word Network has been broadcasting inspirational messages around the world since the year 2000. And we keep getting bigger and better and more innovative. Seen all around the world, we bring you the best teaching, impartation, singing, and inspiration. If you want original programming, we have that too. The Word Network is your exclusive source for all things inspiration. And we can be found on every device imaginable. If you want to be uplifted and inspired, you need The Word Network. Did you know most vitamin supplements don't even come from food? Even the products with colorful fruits and vegetables adorning the labels are seldom derived from produce. Typically, supplements are synthetic, made in a laboratory. Modern science may synthetically imitate these chemicals, but your body isn't fooled. It knows the difference, and it craves quality materials to build, repair, and fight illness. You need to consume fruits and vegetables daily in a variety of colors, as well as whole grains and other fresh food. That's why I formulated Balance of Nature. I wanted to be able to give my patients a natural alternative to the cheap, unnatural chemistry by giving them real fruits and vegetables. In fact, the only ingredients inside of Balance of Nature are whole fruits and vegetables. Don't settle for imitation nutrition. Reach for the good stuff, the real stuff. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com to get 35% off your first preferred order by using discount code RADIO5. Do you have an idea for an invention or new product? Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Then call InventHelp now. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential and explains every step of the invention process. We create professional materials representing your idea and submit it to companies who are looking for new ideas. We have more than 9,000 companies who have agreed to review ideas in confidence. If a company shows interest in manufacturing your invention, we can negotiate on your behalf. We have helped over 10,000 clients receive patents. We also offer services including 3D modeling and animation demonstrating your idea, prototyping services, and we use state-of-the-art technology to show InventHelp client ideas to additional companies. Join the thousands of people just like you who chose InventHelp to pursue their idea. We are experienced. We are working for you. We are InventHelp. Call us for free information at 1-800-460-1663. That's 1-800-460-1663. Again, 1-800-460-1663. 
910 AM, you're on car radio. I'm Henry Payne, auto columnist with the Detroit News. We're broadcasting live from Virginia International Raceway today, where I have my first race of the year. But we are talking New York Auto Show uh, with Mark Scheinberg, which is coming up next week. Uh, Mark, I believe the uh, New York show is the biggest in the country in terms of uh, uh, people coming through the turnstiles. But at the same time, uh, you know, auto shows are in a bit of flux these days. Uh, automakers uh, tend to uh, introduce new cars uh, uh, in special individual events away from auto show floors. But at the same time, you get so many people coming through the gates at a show like Detroit who are making decisions on what car to buy. How, how do you uh, how do you balance uh, uh, that these days as a, as an auto dealer? You know, the auto shows got started uh, originally uh, in New York in November 1900 for the, for the purpose of showing what the auto industry has to offer to consumers. So our, you know, our basis of an auto show has always been that it's a consumer show. Uh, and that, as you mentioned, is that we get hundreds of thousands of people that come to the New York auto show each year to be able to take a look at all the new exciting product uh, that's out there. And according to just decades and decades of studies is that the vast majority, you know, last year was 72% of the people that came to the auto show were 12 month intenders. And they added a brand to, or subtracted a brand to their consideration. And that's the strength of the show. Here under one roof, you got so many different makes and model cars for consumers to take a look at, and they can talk to product specialists about all the features and opportunities. And now, of course, they can even experience electric vehicles through the ride and drive programs that we have. So the origins of an auto show has always been that it's about giving consumers the ability to really get excited about the, the new cars and products that are out there. And fortunately, again, we, we, you know, being in New York, it, it is the media capital of the world. There's so many media outlets that are there, and shows over the years developed into an opportunity for the media to go from one press conference to another. And it is true that there's many opportunities now to get the messaging out about new product introductions, but it's still a really convenient place for the media to be able to talk to executives and talk to uh, uh, people from the manufacturers to say, hey, what's, what's in your, you know, what, what's, what's your future? Where are you going? What's this, you know, products that you're introducing on it? So New York is really kind of this hybrid uh, in that its it strength is still the consumer aspect of it, um, but it also is able to deliver a lot of great information. And one of the things that we've expanded on for, decades now is the ability to set up these industry events. Uh, so we have the Automotive Forum that we sponsor along with J.D. Power and NADA that brings really important key messages from executives on where the industry's at, where it's going, you know, the World Traffic Safety Symposium, uh, Media Awards, and of course the largest automotive awards program, the World Car of the Year. So a lot of industry events, a lot of news that's coming out uh, during the uh, pre-days leading up to the public show. 
Yeah, and, I, and that's why we go there as media. I, I go there to cover all that. Uh, there's there's a lot of media news. Uh, at the same time, um, I heard that there are less uh, new vehicle uh, introductions. But, Mark, that seems like an opportunity uh, for for a lot of brands as well. You don't you don't see uh, BMW, uh, Mercedes, Audi, for example, introducing as many new models. Uh, you know, world premieres at shows like New York. But at the same time, that seems to give an opening. You've had automakers like um, uh, uh, Chinese automakers uh, have, have come in, uh, made a big splash with uh, with uh, new, new vehicles there this year. Uh, Kia is expected to show the EV9, which is a very significant uh, uh, electric three-row SUV. Uh, did you find that as well, that there are new opportunities here in this new environment? Yeah, I think certain manufacturers are definitely taking advantage of the fact is, is that there's just a lot more opportunities for them to um, get their messaging out, to do some introductions on it. Uh, it's exciting to see uh, that Stellantis is put a, a huge emphasis in their exhibits for consumers and, and their messaging that they're doing this year. Uh, and again, as we're moving towards this electrification period, uh, it it's really gives the opportunity for manufacturers to really show what what uh, you know exciting new products are to the media and and to consumers. So um, and you know that's this this is the you know the area where everybody's kind of trying to you know get as much of a leg up as possible on it and to have eighty thousand or hopefully this year a hundred thousand people that will be able to experience it um, is a great opportunity for the manufacturers that are participating in the New York Auto Show this year. Yeah, I mean, for, for our Detroit, Detroit listeners in, in particular, uh, uh, this is a big uh, opportunity this year for Stellantis. Uh, Mark was mentioning that both Ram and uh, Jeep are going to show off new product, and we're, we're expecting uh, uh, the first production version of the, of the Ram electric truck uh, here in New York, um, and uh, whereas the other automakers, uh, Ford and uh, GM, are not uh, uh, planning a big reveal. So a real opportunity for both Ram and Jeep. And, and what's your sense, uh, Mark? I mean, it's been a difficult uh, few years for the industry, as you say. We even uh, uh, didn't have the New York Auto Show for a year. Do you feel like uh, the consumer interest is, is, uh, is back? Yeah, I think the pent-up demand is enormous on it. And, and speaking to my colleagues around the country who have already had their shows is that there's a lot of excitement on the show floor. Um, they've seen a huge increase in attendance from the year before. And, you know, it, it, when it comes to, in New York, when you just take a look at what's happening on on. Uh, with uh, Broadway and with restaurants and, you know, just the amount of people that are back out on it. it's We're excited by what uh, I think we're going to see this year. We're going to see a, a huge increase in customer involvement in things. We'll be doing a lot of our exit surveys like we have over the years, which really has indicated how much the, the public is in, in the market for buying cars and what they're looking for. And I think the manufacturers that are, put a lot of money in and they're exhibiting this year are really going to get the benefits of a very, very anxious public to take a look at what the auto industry has to offer.
Yeah. Yeah. Last question for you. You're speaking about a big truck like the Ram. Uh, it's electrified. What's your, how, how do how do electric sell in New York? Do people uh, buy them in the city? Do they plug them in, in the city, or they tend you, you tend to have more buyers out in uh, on the island in the suburbs? Well, New York isn't actually a really good market for electric vehicles. I mean, it, it's not the biggest market, Manhattan, uh, in the area. Clearly, the uh, outer counties, uh, Long Island, uh, Bergen County, New Jersey, Connecticut, Fairfield County are really, really big markets. We're the largest DMA, actually, in the country uh, for vehicle sales. So Manhattan is, a, is an interesting area. Uh, but it is where people come in to work every day, and this is where they love coming to an auto show and seeing what's uh, up and then go out to their local dealers and get more information. So it's a very unique show. It always has been uh, to have something a million square feet in the middle of Manhattan that's kind of showing an auto industry on it. But this, again, is the, where people really like to buy cars and, and uh, come to the auto show to see more. Yeah, Mark, look forward to seeing you next week. Uh, appreciate your joining the program today, and uh, I'll see you soon. Great. Thank you, Henry. I really appreciate it. All right, we're going to take a break here at the top of the hour, hear from our sponsors, and on the other side we'll have more auto racing for you live from Virginia International Raceway. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.